I was thinking the last while, especially in this last stretch of a year, you know, when, when you just feel like you just need a break and you just need a, you know, somebody must just leave you on, a, on an island alone. Don't call me. I'll see you after Christmas. That one of the things that the enemy loves to do at this time is to come and steal joy. You know why? Because the scripture declares, it says Nehemiah 8, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. And if you don't have joy, it feels like you don't have strength. And that's why I started my, the entry place this night and would look to somebody just and smile at them. God had a huge sense of humor with some of us when He made us fearfully and wonderfully. Some of us, we were just testing. <laughs> How would that look like? <laughs> and we honor Him for that. But there's beauty in gathering. Tonight I want to share with you very briefly just around people of His presence. People of His presence. As I was thinking about what to share with you, it's very easy that you go into a certain mold and a thinking or when you speak about the presence of God. But I had this question, what is the presence of God? Because a lot of people would have a lot of things, say, no, the presence of God was in a place. And then other people would be like, really? <laughs> was it there? Um, I don't know how many of you have, have ever been in a serious relationship in your life. Except now for JP and Nadine, that's very serious. They got married quite recently. He's still smiling. It's good news. What's more important is that she's also smiling. And um, you know what's the evidence of people liking one another? It's that sense of you can still be together. You they can just, if you put them separately, they'll still be smiling. Why? Because there's evidence of something that took place. Something that's, um, it's not just them. We've also got, yes, there's a few people that got married this year. Yes. Hendrik, Riandri, yes, what happened in this church? Um, obviously, Ruben, there's a few people that got married. There's some people that got married this weekend as well, which is, it's hugely exciting to see how, how people are just stepping into new seasons of their life. But what is the mark of the presence of somebody in your life? If you just think about it naturally. Because people would come to church and say, no, you know, if there's no smoke machine, there's no presence. If there's no lights, there's, I don't know what, what your reference is. Maybe it's the aircon and you, and you had goosebumps while the worship was going and you were actually getting cold, but now you must judge it for the presence of God. I don't know what your reference is, but what is the presence of God? Because everybody's got a different approach, but we need to look to the Scripture. What is the presence of God? You know why? Because in those last days, you, you would hear people, a lot of people, you know, the end times and the war that's going on in Israel and the mark of the beast. And there's so many people that speak about a lot of things. We speak about the mark of, beast, of, of the beast, but we, we abstain from speaking about the mark of Christ in people's lives. What is that mark that Jesus leaves on a believer? Because there's certain things. It would be evident. If you stand and walk into a, uh, onto a highway, please don't do that. 
If you walk into a highway and there's a truck that approaches you at 120 and you stand in front of that, that truck and you say, I don't believe in trucks. And you hear all the hooters going, that thing will flat you. Isn't it true? The evidence will be, there will be something different on your body. So how could we say we've been in the presence of God week after week, day after day, and there's no change in our lives? It would be impossible for the mark of a Christian to be in the presence of God with no effect, having physically on your body. It's very, it's very interesting. I don't know how many of you have been to your reunions, school reunions, okay? It's, it's a very interesting time. We've been there. I was there at my 10-year 10, 10 anniversary with my wife and it was interesting seeing some people and then getting there, yeah, you see people age very differently, huh? There's certain people, they were like, I don't don't know how to put it differently. Um, So let me just step away from that. But in school, they looked very different. Then you see them and they see how they changed. And you're like, dear Lord, what happened? Like one of the the people, we were were pouring um, something to drink there. And um, now some of the people, they, they heard now I was a pastor. They were now... At school, I wasn't a pastor. My favorite subject was break time. I excelled in that. I was really good in that. And then obviously after school, I also got promoted to higher studies in that. So, but while I was in school, every subject was, I felt like now I want to be my friends. I don't want to, why well, would need to learn? And um, in that time, your priorities are very different. Because the most important thing is to socialize with people and you just wanna, you just wanna have a good time. You, you know what I'm, some of you, you did very well in school, I salute you. Um, then when we started studying a little bit, myself and Pastor Eric, when we started doing theology, I realized that, hey, I'm actually not stupid, I'm actually very clever. I don't know why I didn't do that. And um, the reason why I'm with, with all the madness is that because sometimes you're in your environment you realize that you try to conform to what's busy happening right now, which you think is important. But when you step into a place in your life, looking back, you realize that there's a lot of things that didn't matter. Looking back, the friends that you had at school is most probably not your friends anymore. The girlfriend or the boyfriend you had, you're thinking, what did I even think? Because you weren't thinking. It's true. How many of you in high school, you thought you're going to marry a person? And then looking back, you're like, dear Lord Jesus, you delivered me out of Egypt. <laughs> and at that stage, your parents could have told you, listen here, this person is not for you. And all you would say is like, what do you know? If I look to your marriage, you're as dry as a Bosfeld out. I don't know. Your marriage doesn't look appealing. But at that stage, you think you know better. And that's the problem that we have when we come into the presence of God. Many times we come with these agendas and we don't know. And that's the starting place that I would like to start off tonight. Won't you please go to Psalm 139, verses 6. Or no, let's go to, yes, verse 7. Yes, I almost lied to myself. I remembered verse 7. Listen to this. Where can I go from your spirit? 
Okay, I want you to quickly just take note of something. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? Okay, whoa, whoa, stop right there. Do we immediately see that David is separating the spirit and the presence of God? <laughs> okay. Let me try this side. I'm going to come down. Maybe it's easier. Can I come down? Zacchaeus, come off. Listen to me. If you are speaking in tongues, it doesn't mean you are carrying the presence of God. There's many people who can pray in tongues and they can rabba kaba till they blue in the face. They can sing every Hillsong song but it doesn't mean your life is carrying the manifested presence of God. Now listen to me. It says this in verse 8. If I ascend into the heaven, you are there. Okay? You see it right there? No, that's verse 8. Thank you, multimedia team. Helps maybe just to do that. And then it says this. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. <laughs> okay, we're not going to preach into that because this will rock a lot of people's theology about how we see the om omnipresence of God. Because here's the thing I want us to take note of. Because you, you are filled with the Holy Spirit doesn't mean you are manifesting His presence. And what is His presence? His presence comes from the throne room of God. There's many people who believe in the Lord Jesus, but we, then, but we do not bear the marks of a life that's been changed by Christ. Just because we confess Him doesn't mean that we are bearing Him. The day that I got married, we exchanged rings. But just because I wear a ring doesn't keep me from doing nonsense. There's many people who entered salvation, but you feel like there's things that's just repetitively in your life going on. And that's the place where we, where, we, where we need to just understand one thing because when we speak about the presence, we also need to speak about the anointing, which is also something different. God has anointed you, but it doesn't mean that anointing is also the presence of God. Every person is anointed for a task. But it doesn't mean that you carry the presence of God for that. Let me prove it to you. King Saul, King Saul was anointed king of Israel. And then he messed up and God rejected him as king, but he still was the anointed king, yet God rejected him. Anointed as king, but still doing kingly things. Just because you are anointed by the Holy Spirit doesn't mean you carry the presence of God. It is very different because everything that God does is free. Salvation, it's free. You just need to believe. Get filled with the Holy Spirit, free. The presence of God, you need to seek. Seek and you will find. Seek me while I can still be found. There's many of us that, that we've just taken it because I come to a Sunday service. I am seeking the Lord. I'm telling you, dear friends, there's something different that it takes to seek after the presence of God. Where sometimes where we just not go from the next song to the next song just because there's a flow. 
we need to wait. Pause. The psalmist write in the book of, um, in the book of Psalm, he, he writes after certain verses, he writes the word Selah. Just pause in his presence. When last have you paused in his presence? Or do we just go about week after week after week, doing the same thing, getting the same results, expecting something different? See, many of us, as I was just, just thinking about the, the whole thing about the, the people of His presence, I realized that the presence of God is something when, when we get into God's presence, into His presence, everything about us changes. Not just on the inside, but on the outside, everything changes. Where you would look to Wade, Pastor Wade, when you saw him before he got, no, he was always saved. Were you? Okay. He looks like somebody that's been saved since birth. He came out confessing the Lord Jesus Christ. But we heard Pastor, Way, uh, Pastor Jamie was very different. And um, thank God for just new things in your life. But if you knew her before, I didn't know her before. We just got the, the sanctified version. But if you see a person before they met the Lord Jesus Christ and after that, there's something physically that changes about your life. You physically actually look more beautiful. It's the honest truth. If you see a person following the Lord Jesus Christ, there's something about them that looks more prettier. It is the honest truth. You see a person who's caught up in sin, lost. It's a, it's a sad sight to hear because you've got compassion for people like that. Because we are all God's people, but we're not all His children. There's a difference because by the spirit of, the, of adoption, we can cry out, Abba, Father. All people on this earth are God's people, but they're not all His children yet. And that's why it's our responsibility as one family member goes to visit another family member, you go with your vibe. It's Christmas season now. You know there's vibes in people's houses. Some of your family are coming to visit, which you feel like, please just don't overstay. You can come for your Christmas lunch. Please don't sleep over. Please let them not sleep over. I don't know if you've got family like that. Okay. The rest of you, bunch of liars, will have a ministry afterwards. <laughs> but you've got certain family members. Why? Because they carry a presence. If they overstay, you're feeling like, okay, yes, everything about them. They're wonderful people, but they start irritating you. The way they stir their coffee, too loud. <laughs> Let me not expose my own family members, but there's one person. This person, Boki, I won't, I won't say anything. But this person, wonderful person in our family. But this person is addicted to coffee. And at ours, we drink, just drink better coffee. And these people are used to not coffee because Rick coffee is not coffee. I just want to say that. If you've never got that revelation, okay, bless you, it's free. But now they drink a lot of coffee and I'm just looking and I'm like, you know, if you drink like 20 cups a day, that dough Achbert is going. <laughs> I'm thinking, why would you do that? And it's not just that, it's the milk, it's the sugar. It's the... And then these people, they talk with you at times that I like just silence. 
and they just overtalk. Like when I wake up, I can have a nice conversation, but it's to a limit. We've got a basic understanding. Now these people, they can talk. Yeah, and they talk. And I feel like there's times that I just go, I'm just quickly going to my room. I close my door and I'm like, what am I? When are these people leaving? I love them. But because of the presence they carry, it doesn't fit into the environment that we're currently in. You see, the presence that we carry from God also is a fragrance on this planet. Either you would welcome people into the household of God or you'll just push them further away. So here's what I wanted to quickly see something. Won't you please go to Numbers, no, to Exodus 3. I didn't even have Numbers. Just unlock in Jesus' name. Why is, before we go there, you know why is it so important when we speak about, I said to you about King Saul, about the anointing, and because even Lucifer was anointed, and he's still the anointed cherubim that got fired. How can a person that's not anointed have still so much influence today? He's kicked out of heaven. He's rejected. But he's still influencing people today because the presence of God and the anointing is not the same thing. Because God gives you things freely. His gifts are irrevocable. He anoints you for a task. That's why you can have people that's anointed to prophesy, fall away from the Lord and still prophesy. So that's, what am I saying? I'm saying it's important that the presence accompanies that what God has placed, what He places His anointing upon. That makes the difference. That's why you can have somebody like Elijah who's, who's, who's standing with the, with the bold prophets and they're calling out whose God is the real God. And they're saying, no, they cut themselves and he's mocking them. He says, is your God on holiday? Is your God in the toilet? Is your God whatever? And he's just mocking them. And they cry out and they cut themselves. And, and when he calls out to God by the presence of God, not the anointing of God, the presence of God answers by fire. And they recognize and they say, He is the true God. He's the true God. Because it's nothing that you can say that can change people. It's the presence of God upon what you say that changes everything. That's why it's not just you that's praying prayers at your workplace. I've met some people that they hate their workplace because they say, no, they swear at my workplace. I don't like it. There's so much ungodly people. Well, you are saved. That's why you are there. Stop trying to pray yourself out of things. God has placed you into something. Stop just saying that. Recently, a week or two ago, I spoke to somebody who said, no, I can't be, you know, so so many unbelievers at my workplace. And they, when when I just want to read my Bible, they, they disturb me. Well, you're there to work. You're not there to read your Bible. Yes, that was a revelation to certain people. You're there to fulfill a job, doing it in the manner of Christ. That's what you get paid to do. Everything outside your lunchtime, you can start your own life group. But while you are working, work. There was somebody we we spoke to quite recently, uh, no, somewhere earlier in the year that said they, uh, some of their projects were late because they were busy reading a Christian book. Friends, do that. Do your work first. Do what God has placed you in an environment to do and then you try to add the rest of the things. Does it make any sense? 
Okay. There's a reason, a reason for all the madness. If you look to Numbers, uh, to Exodus 3, it starts off this. Verse 2. Can we go to verse 2? Uh, no, let's go with verse 1. Can we go there? If you haven't read your Bible, this is a good time. Some of you haven't read your Bible this week. You're going to catch up some nice things. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law. Please note that he was helping his father-in-law. Some of you are married. Okay, please help your father-in-law. The priest of the Midian. And he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to, the, to Horeb, the mountain of God. Verse 2. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. And he looked and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Verse 3. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside uh, to see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. Verse 4. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. This is what I want you to quickly just grasp. He sees something and he's waiting to hear from God, but only when he turns his full attention to what the Lord is busy doing, then God speaks. Some of us are so distracted and we're trying to hear from God. And the reason why you're not having clarity in what the Lord is saying, because you're not turning your attention towards Him to hear Him speak. We are so busy about things that needs to happen, family dynamics, man, so much problems and issues, and sometimes our own insecurities, that we lose sight of what the Lord is busy saying, and we can't hear Him in that sense, because our attention is not there. All I just hear is all my inner problems, my prayer list, my wish list, what's on your Christmas bucket list. That's the only thing I'm, I'm seeing right now. Instead of turning my affection to hear the Lord speak. So this is the question. When last have you heard the Lord speak something to you? If we would take this church away, God forbid, and drop you somewhere in the Kalahari, in the desert, where there's no people, and we can't collect you a year from now, would you grow more with the Lord or would you have totally backslidden? There's no fellowship. No, Francesca and Dion encouraging. Guys, remember life group this week? Guys, have you read your Bible? Guys, this stream is going out right now. Nobody's encouraging you though. Would you grow with the Lord in intimacy or would we find you coming back and you'd be like, now you see, uh, this church thing uh, didn't work out for me. The whole Christianity, I'm more open to more spiritualism. Because sometimes the enemy is so good at disappointing faith out of us that it's not we are denying the Lord, we're stepping away from that, what he said. And some of us, this, this whole year, Everybody's waiting for 24th, uh, for the midnight service on, on the 31st. That's happening this year. It's going to be awesome. Everybody's waiting for the year, what, what the word is going to be for 2024. My question is, have you done what God said to you in 2023? Why would you want a new word if you haven't done the current word? Everybody wants a new page that's turned in their life. But have you filled in what God has required for you to do for this year. Looking to Johan, did you fill that what you feel the Lord has called you to do for this week? No pressure, don't answer. 
Because if you don't put your name to it, we just browse over this. There's something that I felt challenging that the Lord gave me instruction in, that my wife reminds me quite often to, that then I start and then I stop and then I start because it's something that I feel like I don't feel I'm, I can do this. Okay, can, let me just drop it. I felt the Lord dropping me to write a book. Now, I'm not an author yet. Let me just say that. It's not about me writing a book, but I feel like every time I start, I feel like, now, why am I writing this book? But I felt it's something that the Lord sp- spoke to me personally to write about, that nobody's speaking about, about how the enemy comes in to, 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 to work in witchcraft inside of a church community. And you do not know it, the witch in a church. And sometimes we don't speak about these things because we just take things to happen. We just, it, it just happens. And life happens. And the sad part about, about it is if we speak about the presence of God, it's like we just veil because we're so used to it. Because the presence of God usually comes when we just worship. He comes in a certain song. If somebody plays Israel Uten, then he comes in that song. And somebody plays... Uh, the Bethel song, the new one, the latest one on the album, then God comes on that song. And everybody's just waiting for the new thing to happen. Where my personal walk with the Lord, nothing is happening. Because somebody else must do it. And that's why God goes from one generation to the next generation. But He's calling us in this time to say, if you draw close to me, I will draw close to you. Because it will take some seeking. It will take some seeking. And you know what the thing about seeking is? It's uncomfortable. Have you ever played a hide and seek? You know that frustrating place where you feel like you can see nobody. Not speaking like you're playing with toddlers because it's very easy. But when you play hide and seek and you've got people that's really good hiders. They would hide on the roof, which makes it so unfair. But seeking is an invitation for you to be found by God. He's waiting for us. Happy birthday, Bongi. We just had to. I, there's like a shine on you tonight. What am I saying? Because that drawing is an invitation to draw into, into God Himself. And sometimes we wait for somebody else to come and stir the fire where God wants us to stir our own fires. I don't need a William or my wife to come and lay a hand upon me to, to get fire. I bring my own wood in my own life and I place it on the altar and I give it to God for, for Him to burn on it. Because I realized this one thing amongst Christianity, myself and, and, and Pastor B were speaking just before the service is that many times we, we even trying to encourage people to say, no, no, you give sacrificially, whatever, but we don't speak about generosity. Being a generous person, out of heart, because we look to the Muslim communities. And then when somebody says, uh, we're going to help this, yeah, man, they just throw money into it. But amongst Christians, we don't like to do that because our hearts are close towards one another. It's sometimes like an autoimmune disease in the body of Christ, that the body is hurting itself. And I felt like the Lord is just encouraging me to encourage you. When, it, when we speak about the presence of God, 
it is not going to come like, a, like the song that's being played. That's why when we waited earlier, you don't move from that place because then it's God doing something. You don't wait for somebody, for somebody to give a nice roof and then He comes in that presence. You wait for Him yourself that He ministers to you. He refreshes you. We can encourage people day in, day out, but it's God, the presence of God Himself, His presence in a place that can be felt and then He gets known. It's like when you walk into a place when you smell somebody's perfume, you know a person by their perfume. So in the same way that God comes into a place, you know that He's there because you've been with Him. But the problem is, can I tell you something very funny? In my house, my eldest son, he's on this prank stage. I don't know why, but um, he does some funny things. You, you know what, when we visited you on Friday, you know what he did? Leaving home, he says, now I smell like fire and pepper. I'm like, okay, I knew I stood by the fire, but pepper. He says, now you smell very spicy. So I thought, okay, yes, that's a very strange comment. We took them to bed. And um, as, I, as I started undressing and uh, just ready to get a shower the evening, and as I run through my, I feel peppercorns on my head. And I'm like, you know when you feel like you sat on a beach with so much pepper on your head? Anyway. And now he's giving me hints to tell me he did something without telling me he did something. And can I say to you, God does that daily to us. He does stuff in your life that you're not, you don't recognize what He's busy doing in your life, but He's hinting you that I'm busy doing something beautiful in your life. The other day we were standing in a shop. I was standing like this. Yes, it was so funny. Not at that time, but I was speaking to somebody. My legs were crossed like this. You know, can you see my legs? And I'm busy talking to the lady behind the counter and I'm pressing like this. And uh, as, I, as I'm done, I'm, I, I, I'm done paying and I want to step back. He tied my shoelaces. <laughs> and now, you understand that balance of my whole body wants to go there, but it's, so luckily I grabbed the counter and he just says, got you. And I feel like I could have died from there, Okay. Why am I telling you the story? Because many times the enemy comes in that same way. While you are busy with something, he's tying your feet. And we are so distracted that we don't realize what he's even doing in our lives. And what the presence of God does, it reveals all of these things. It's like the place where we live, it's between all the nice big trees if you give it a moment, you find all these big spider webs, especially there when you go to the, the clothesline. I don't go there by night because you walk in, you're like, it, it's not a nice feeling. But when the presence of God comes, it comes in like a light and you can just see where the enemy is pointing things. Friends, can I say to you, the presence of God simplifies a lot of things in our lives. Some of you feel like things are so complicated. Well, you just come into the presence of God. You simplify. There's, there's things that's not important that you're worried about right now. There's times that, think about it. How many times you cried out for finances and you're still here. You didn't die. You think, how am I going to do it? And you're here. 
Times that you were sick, that you felt like, I'm going to die. I felt like that many times in my life. My wife in COVID time, I got very sick. And I said to her, I felt like I'm going to die. She says, like, you're not going to die. Stop it. I felt like, don't you feel sorry for me? I just wanted somebody to feel, just, she said to me, yeah, you're not going to die. God would have told me if you're going to die. I would have like, what? I'm telling you, I'm struggling. I'm sick. And it's, She's like, no, but, and I, I went to see a doctor a few years later. And it's interesting. Doctor said, no, you're actually very sick. And I, don't know. I said, will you just send my wife a WhatsApp voice message just to tell her I was really not feeling well at that stage because that would have been on my tombstone. I told you I wasn't feeling well. <laughs> she, didn't, she didn't believe me at that stage. That would have been my last will. <laughs> Why am I saying that? Because many times we overcomplicate things. We, if you read 2 Corinthians 11, it says, stick to the simplicity that's found in Christ. In this end of the year time where you feel overwhelmed, you feel tired, simplify your life. The best advice I can give you, simplify your, your life. Keep on reading your Bible. Keep on spending time with Jesus. Stay simple. Stay simple. Most people want to add things. I want to try and do something just because Pastor B, even he's a church, they are busy doing something new. Now I feel, okay, maybe I was do that because that's going to get a new move in my life. Stick to simplicity. Stick to simplicity. It's a great disease just because if somebody buys a new car, you feel you also want to buy a new car. You know that feeling? When God does something new in in another person's life, rejoice. Rejoice with Him. And you, you keep on pressing and seeking the Lord until His presence is felt right around you. That's why the, the Pharisees could look to Jesus and they could have said, see, this person is different. There's something about His words that's different. I want to ask us, what's different about us? Is there something about the presence of God that's on my life, on your life, that people around you can sense and say, William has been with Jesus. Moses has been with Jesus. Or are we in that place? But lady, I just sense how the Lord is just, is unwinding you in so many ways. You know, like a top, you know, we played top when we were primary school. I don't know what you call it in, it's top. I know there's, a, there's another word, but I don't want to say that now. So I sense how the Lord is busy unwinding you in the season of your life. Things that you sacrificed, how the Lord has just accredited that to you. Especially regarding relationship, you'll see the Lord just going to surprise you in that area. You'll see the Lord surprise you in that area. Amen. So what am I saying? There's one thing you can do especially towards this end of the year. And it's a commitment that you find somebody close to you, two or three people around you, and you keep one another accountable to spending time with Jesus. Find somebody. Ask Janine, did you read your Bible? What have you read today? Because the more I do that, sometimes it starts as a work. But then I find a rhythm, and in that rhythm, it becomes a pattern in my life. And the mark of Christ gets found in that area of my life, in the simplicity 
of just spending time with Jesus. Because otherwise we'll be known as a bunch of hypocrites. We profess a lot of things, yet carrying no power. As I was praying this afternoon, I sensed how my legs are still stiff. I just sense how, how the Lord, I saw like a picture of, you know, like a, a shade net where you park your vehicle under. And if there's dust on that and it rains on it, whatever's standing on it will also become dirty. You can have a brand new washed vehicle standing under a shade port, but the dust on it, if it starts raining, that's how the picture I saw in my mind. And there's certain things that have felt like it came to a standstill in your life. And you feel you've got the expectation of something new to happen in your life. But whenever something God is sending rain, it feels like you're just in this dirty pattern. And I sense how the Lord is just busy washing through that. Because there's a time where the dirt cannot stay there anymore. It's just clean. And if you're in that space where you feel like you are stuck in an area that you feel certain patterns just recurring in your life, it might be in your thinking life, it might be things that you physically do. You feel that at a certain time in your life, you become very negative, critical. You become, I don't know, you become, you sway and kick the dog and things that you don't used to do, you just do them again. That temper that went from zero to a hundred in like, sense how, how the Lord is in, inviting you again into that area to come and deal with it. Not going to invite you to come and sit at the altar. I want you to, to make a commitment tonight to say that instead of trying something new, you'll allow the Lord just to refresh you in this night. Times of refreshing. So if you feel you need that refreshing in your life, I want you just to quickly stand. Just something refreshing you. I want to ask something that it might sound, sound very strange. I want you to lay a hand upon yourself. <laughs> You know why? Because sometimes there's not other people that's going to come and lay a hand upon us. And we need to strengthen ourselves in the Lord. Right next to you, I forgot your name. Yes, you're right at the back. No, no, right at the back, right at the back. Yes, yeah, yeah, kijk om, yeah. What's your name again? Adel. Anel. Andal, Andal. Sorry for getting your name wrong. I'm only human. <laughs> I want to say to you, there's a scripture, I can't remember where, where it speaks about the finger of God was present to heal. I sense how God is putting his finger on your body to touch your body. It's as if you've been crying out and I sense how the Lord 
The Lord is going to touch your body. He's going to do it. He's going to touch you. Before we pray for anybody else, can we pray for her? Lord, thank you that we as a church family can agree for healing over that lady. Lord, I want to pray every form of infirmity in her body. Leave her. As you came in silently, you will now leave silently. Thank you that your word declares, Behold, I make all things new. Thank you, Lord, that we can pray as what you said the words, these words to Lazarus. And he says, This sickness will not be unto death. So we speak life over your body in the name of Jesus. Life over your body in the name of Jesus. Restore everything in Jesus' name. Amen. While you're standing, lay a hand upon yourself, on your head. There's one thing that we're going to do right now. We're going to step into that river. As you lay your hands upon yourself, I want you to start praying just in the Spirit. Can I ask you, raise your voice and pray. Sonto roba bushtere biandere biandere bakaste essa kharana khandere bekestu londe ribi hissa karaba bushtere nendere brieste isanta raba bushtere nendere biandere brieste kende o sekera bushtere biandere biaste kende essa karanandele ribi ashto roba bushtere nande irana sohor roba bushtere biandere elarana sokorra bavaste kelere biandere e saranasto corro bobuste rebeando robobuste o sentarana handere biasto robobonto robeyande o siribiasto robobondelere lord i pray for streams of living waters o saranaste keleranande iranasto corro bobuste rebeyande rebeyasto iranasse herebeyasto robobuste renande e saranasto robobuste rebeyando every soul that feels downcast and heavy we say be lifted in the name of Jesus every spirit of false burden we bind you in the name of Jesus thank you Lord that your yoke is easy and your burden is light so we pray that in this night Lord come and move upon people in the name of Jesus move on minds move on bodies 
move in situations. In the name of Jesus, every form of depression, go in the name of Jesus. Every form of anxiety, go in the name of Jesus. Lord, we pray for every person that you would give them sleep and rest in that sleep. Every person who feels tired, backs against the wall, that feeling of being overwhelmed. We pray in this night, break open away, Lord. Every form of loneliness, every lie of loneliness, leave people in this night. Every mind that's at war with itself, that you feel that you are a third person in your body. Every lying spirit, leave people. I want you to pray this together. So Father God, Thank you that in this night that you would refresh my soul, refresh my body. I want to be aware of you, God, in my life. I want to bear the mark of Jesus. Every person who feels like even like they're sad and they don't know why they're sad. Heal on the inside, God. In Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Before you sit down, I want you to just to hug somebody next to you. Somebody, even give it to whoever. <laughs> I want to encourage you just by this one thing. Don't end off this night before you go to somebody and ask them, can we read the Bible together? 
and you just keep one another accountable to that. Going into a festive season where most people are just going in for a landing. If you're married, keep one another accountable to that. Dust off that Bible before the pastor comes to visit your house. Turn to a different chapter than Psalm 91 or Psalm 23. (laughs) So thank you for your time and um, bless you. May you have an amazing, amazing evening and we'll see you all next week, Sunday. Amen.